the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's the 411 on my 401k? You're in the right place. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden is remembering those serving in the U.S. Armed Forces this Christmas weekend. In his Christmas message to the nation, the president encouraged Americans to pray for members of the U.S. military during the holiday season. Let's be sure to remember the brave women and men in uniform who defend and protect our nation. Many of them, many of them are away from their families at this time of year. Let's keep them in our prayers. On Christmas afternoon, the president and first lady will call members of the military to thank them and their families for their service and sacrifice. Greg Clugston, Washington. A brutal winter storm gripping the U.S. is blamed for at least 12 deaths, some of which involve traffic accidents. Meanwhile, weather officials say that the storm stretches across an unprecedented stretch of the country. It also is bringing some low temperatures to parts of the country that don't normally get them. This is SRN News. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside Cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an extra $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code S-A-L-E-M. Use code SALEM for an extra $0.25 per gallon back in your first fill-up. Cash back's not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. The following program was pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. So what you're hearing uh, in the last hour in this is is a, an expanded version of what's usually about a 45 to 50 minute lecture I give um, to a classroom that has already learned about gift exchange in primitive societies and instead turns to talking about gift exchanges that happen in modern societies, typically around holidays such as Christmas or Hanukkah. And... To do, and, and the short answer to this comes from the, the short version of this comes from, this is a very small clip describing the study that kind of kicked this all off, at least for me, um, from uh, Joel Walfogel. This, this is a description in a, in a piece at Marginal Revolution University by Tyler Cowan and Alex Tabarak. Let's play it, please. One economist, Joel Walfogel, he surveyed a large group of people, and he found that on average, givers spent about $50 on gifts the recipients only valued at a little over $40. In recent years, Americans have been spending about $100 billion every year on Christmas presents. So that means that we're wasting $18 to $20 billion a year. So even if you're right, that some gifts create value, on average, gifts still seem pretty wasteful. And yet we do it, right? We continue to give these gifts. And so you, you have to think to yourself, there's something wrong with that. Are people just stupid? Right? When we try to give cash, we tend to think the people who receive it have kind of a weird reaction to it. Let's play the first Seinfeld clip again. Maybe you won't like it. Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I'll like it. You could not like it. Just the fact that you remembered means everything. Of course I remembered. It reminded me every day for two months. <laughs> oh, the card. <laughs> Cash? What do you think? Cash? Well, that's right. But you can go out and get yourself whatever you want. No good? Are you my uncle? But if I don't give you cash, I run the risk of losing somewhere around 15 to 20 percent of the value of what I spent because I don't have enough knowledge and I don't have good incentives to do that. But the point here has been so far on what we've said so far is but getting someone a gift that has sentimental value to the recipient. Maybe it's taking them, taking them on a vacation where you're giving your time. If you offer your grandmother a walk in a park, it's probably going to mean as much to her as getting her a card, getting her a gift card to go out for dinner. Getting her a gift card to go out for dinner isn't valuable, but taking her to dinner... And putting your time to it, that's fine. She'll, okay, you could, as, as Arthur Brooks writes in his piece on Christmas giving, 
uh, Arthur Brooks, the president of the American Enterprise Institute. He says, tell grandma that you were planning to buy her a Mercedes, but after reading some social science research, you decided to take her to the park instead. She might look a little disappointed, but no doubt in her heart, she will be glad that you took her to the park and spent time with her. Those are the things that are important, after all. My mom is not happy that I'm here doing a radio program with you rather than flying to see her um, on, on Christmas, right? And she, said, she says to me, I can buy you a ticket. And I'm like, Mom, it's not the ticket. I've got, I've got, three, I've got three people up here, four people up here, who really would like to see Grandpa or, or Dad or Husband. At Christmas, and as much as I'd like to see Mom, too, we live in different places, so I'll have to catch you a little bit later, perhaps around, perhaps around uh, uh, the, the Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Christmas coming up on the 6th of January. My father's family being Armenian, that was always a day that we marked as part of our ritual for, for Christmas. Let me dispense with one other thing. Okay. Um, regifting. Right? Have you ever received a gift and thought to yourself, "Oh, I don't think I really want that. Maybe I should rewrap it and give it to somebody else instead." Right? Well, people tend to think that that's a terrible that's a terrible idea. That you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. That that's a social taboo. But there's been studies that have, in fact, there's been five studies that that have shown, in fact, that, um, that in fact, they're not offended by this. Right? What would be better? Regifting something or putting the gift in the closet and not using it? Regifting or throwing it away? Right? Givers often believe, givers believe, this is from a study that I'll, I'll tweet to you, and you can follow the show along at Pound KBRS if you want to see social science research on the art of, give, on the act of giving. This is, this is from, uh, the, uh, from Psychological Science. This is a journal of the Association for Psychological Science. Um, givers believe that the act of giving passed title to the gift onto the receivers. The receivers were free to decide what to do with the gift. In contrast, receivers believe that givers retain some say in how their gifts are used. So it's the receivers that actually have the problem with regifting what they've what they've gotten. And so Arthur Brooks, who actually gives me the link to the the original piece, and I'll tweet I'll tweet Brooks's piece to you as well. I think I did so earlier in the week, but we'll do that again here at Pound KBRS. Okay. Participants in the study reported that if they gave something someone an unwanted gift, they would prefer to be given away than thrown away outright. So that's something. So the key is, I think, to follow the fruitcake principle. If you don't value it, don't re-gift it. Only pass on things you yourself own and authentically treasure. So 
I received something from a from a coworker just this past week. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to the show. And so I think I'm going to be able to get away with talking about this. She said, my wife looks at it and she says to me, and it's, it, and it's a tree ornament. And I've received several of these in the past, in the past uh, two weeks. And my wife says, looks at this one and says, says, can we re-gift this? And I said, to whom would you re-gift it? And she said, well, I don't know. And I said, so here's the rule. It's the fruitcake principle. If you value that, but you think the person who's going to receive it will value it as much as we do, then you can absolutely give it to them. Don't worry about the person that gave it to me. I, that part I can explain. But if you're giving it away because you just don't want it around the house, right, that's, that's not going to be good. But the actual research says if the other person is actually going to value and use it, chances are the person that gave it to you actually values it, actually would prefer you give it away to somebody else rather than just throw it in the trash. So what do you think? Is re-gifting a terrible a terrible thing. Um, so, in another study, scholars at Carnegie Mellon, according this again, according to Art Brooks, scholars at Carnegie Mellon recently demonstrated were more likely to give practical gifts that seem personal, like a jersey for the, the recipient's favorite football team, than sentimentally valuable ones like a cherished photo we have had for years. But recipients want the other one as well. So. If you if your friend if a friend gives you something you truly love and you think will make someone else happy as well, feel free to regift it. But if it's a fruitcake, you're not fooling anybody. Just toss that sucker away. Do you get fruitcakes? Does anyone even still make them? They've been so disparaged. Um, last night, even my uh, my wife plays. Uh, Place piano, as as many listeners know, here on Business fourteen forty. Many of my my wife plays for several different groups. She's um, she's <laughs> we refer to her as the itinerant pianist, um, traveling from place to place, p- playing piano here or there. She'll she's we're, she's playing uh, two uh, Christmas services because a a church turned out its pianist wasn't available on Christmas Eve. I'm like, who doesn't have a pianist on Christmas Eve? It's terrible. And my wife, you know, says, well, we'll, I'll, I'll take care of that for you. I'll play the piano for you. So anyway, she was playing for a group last night, um, and they gave, her, they gave her some Slovenian fruit bread of some kind. And she said, and she got it home, and she says, I'm not sure I want it. And I said, well, let me try a slice. It's good. So it's almost it's almost the case that the only time I think you should ever give away a fruitcake is if you know that fruitcake is actually good. Arthur Brooks has one more idea that I want to share with you, along with a couple other things. And then we're going to also turn in this, in this hour to the story of Christmas itself 
and the economics of the Christmas story. We'll have that for you after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-419-2387. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. Numbness, tingling, weakness, pain in the legs and feet, loss of balance. If you are suffering with neuropathy, we've got a natural solution for you. Hey, it's Dr. Kim Tran with Minnesota Integrative Health and Chiropractic located in Ridgefield off 494 and 35W. We're here to provide you with another solution outside of those medication shots and surgeries that you've already tried. Like many of my patients, you're probably still suffering, if not even more. If this is crippling your life, where you can no longer go out and spend time with your friends or family, or if you worry about whether you can even walk around your neighborhood, call us now to figure out what we can do differently for you. We take a holistic approach to all aspects of what's going on with your body and your health in order to reverse your neuropathy naturally. Stop suffering and call us today at 612-545-5672 or just go to drkimtran.com. That's drkimtran.com. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Welcome back. King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Just a little bit more on Christmas gift giving. 
And there's a point I was trying to make earlier on here on Business 1440 has been our belief, right? So I've been tweeting to you has been the stories that talk about and, and articles from uh, research that show sentimental gifts tend to do better. Here is the real, real problem, right, for me. In finance, we typically believe that people that try to pick individual stocks, okay, over time, typically do not do as well as those that just buy broad market indices. Buy and hold, don't try to time, dollar cost averaging, all of those stories. What are those stories about? They're stories that are that at the base of them have, we actually don't know very well what we think we know. That we make mistakes and have too much confidence in our own choosing abilities. Now, one of the things that gift giving does is it tries to act as a signal, right? It tries to signal to others what it is that that we think about them. So when I encourage you to think about sentimental gifts, there's still the problem that you might mess it up. You might make a mistake and not really really, uh, get the gift, the right gift for them. You might not be able to do very well. And it relates to our ability, inability to really think through and choose and, and, and make smart choices about the types of investments we make. We tend to think that we're smarter than the market and, and that we're not. So there was a study, this is many, many years ago. Um, there was a study that was done uh, by marketing scholars in, Nether- in the Netherlands and, and in Belgium that showed images of bedroom furniture to couples who had been together for at least six months. So they separated the, the, the pair, each pair, and asked them each to choose the style he or she liked best. And then, asked each, each, and then half were asked to predict what their partners would prefer, and the other half was given information about the preferences of a stranger called Person X and asked to choose styles for them based on those preferences. Guess which one they did They did better on because they had the information. So you're in a room looking at different, at, at different groups of furniture and you're saying, here's what I like and here's what my partner would like. And then, but they've asked your partner the same question. How many times do you guess what your partner likes? How many times do you, in fact, do better at guessing what some random person X would like? And the answer is, and unsurprisingly, now that I've kind of given away the secret, you do better at you do better at person X than you do at your own partner who you've been with together for at least half a year, right? The more information you have in your head about somebody, the less you're able to tease out their likes and dislikes. Right? And part of that is we tend, when we try to signal to somebody, to impose our own preferences on our partners, which we would never do because we're nice people. We don't do that to strangers. So there's some part of signaling in giving a gift to somebody, 
uh, you know, something that's supposed to be sentimental, that is a bit paternalistic, and we act more paternalistically to those that were around. So let's let's listen to uh, Tyler Cowen and and Alex Tabarek's marginal revenue. Rev- Marginal Revolution University. You try saying it three times fast uh, as discussing paternalistic st- signaling. I also see that some gifts are given for paternalistic reasons. I give my daughter mittens even though she may not want them. It's called out. Gifts can also signal our intentions and our values even when the gift is imperfect. I wouldn't try proposing with cash in my hand, even if my prospective fiancé would prefer that cash to the diamonds. Well, that's very wise. Right? You would never give cash as a gift as a, as a... Right? Think about this, right? When we propose marriage, we exchange a specific type of jewel. It's a custom. Right? Does the recipient of the of the ring really value it? No, probably not. Look at how many couples will actually both wear wedding bands, but the actual the actual engagement ring itself is in a box in in the bedroom, or maybe even been sold. Maybe at a time when the couple actually needed some money, and they, and decided, you know what, it might be better to just give that away rather than than do something else but signaling is a is something we want to do when we give gifts we right think go, go back go back you know what play the second Seinfeld clip again please hey oh Elaine I'm glad you're here stay stay right here I'm, I'm gonna be right back okay. <laughs> oh what is this yeah. you got me something yeah yeah open Oh, this creamer? Oh, the bench! You got me the bench for my brother! It's pretty good, huh? Great. You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, goody for you. Oh, yeah. I'm very sensitive about that. That's the signal. He wanted to show her. I'm sensitive. I get that. So he is... I mean, he's in fact signaling that he he would be interested in Elaine as maybe more than just a friend. Of course, Elaine doesn't think very much of this idea at all, but he's trying to he's trying to send a signal along as well. Now, what I don't remember from the show because I didn't go back and watch the whole episode is where was this bench before? What store did they buy? Did 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 Kraber buy it from? Because one last thing that we sometimes do with with gifts is we bring them from far away. The the ornament that I was just describing to my wife actually came from a foreign country, and my coworker had actually brought it back from there for my benefit. So sometimes search costs are involved in gift giving. Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and play that. Hold on, Alex. I see a few cases where gift-giving can create value. Don't be such a Scrooge. Ah, now, I know your tastes in economics books, for instance. So if I read a good book on the economics of crime and I pass it on to you, well, that's value creation. That's right? true. That's true. Okay. So gift-giving can work when it lowers the recipient's search costs. Yeah. Now, t- in these days, that seems like probably the least reasonable way to think about gift giving 
because everything seems to be available on the Internet at fairly low cost. And so when search costs are lowered, this is one less way in which gift-giving might be helpful. But it certainly is possible. The gift that my, my coworker brought to me was not something that I could buy here in the United States. And I didn't go check, but I'm pretty sure, having looked at it, that it comes from a place that I would not have been able to advertise it and deliver it to me overseas over the Internet. So I think, in fact, that search costs could be a real way in which, in which gift-giving could be, in fact, in gift-giving could be, in fact, efficient. But to the last point, to the last point that I want to make about this is, sim- is, simply, is simply this. It doesn't really matter how your gift is, but it turns out that what people really like are gifts that are well-wrapped. Right? I, I remember a, uh, uh, people, people, if you go to uh, the mall, you'll see, you'll see the tree. Under the tree are lots of, of empty boxes that have been beautifully wrapped, right? But it's meant to enhance people's, uh, 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 it enhances people's willingness to buy. So it turns out that if you look at, if you look at, uh, at, at research, it's, if you look at research on, in evolutionary biology, male, spi- male spiders of a particular type, uh, brown spiders, Give food gifts to prospective mates. The nutrition value of the food gift is really next to nothing. But the way in which a spider demonstrates the, how much they want to, to have the female, a male spider wants the female spider to be a mate, is in the wrapping of the gift. It's, it's really interesting to me that both Jerry and Kramer wrap their gifts for Elaine, and they both look like really nice gifts. Nicely wrapped gifts. Because it's a bench, it was hard. Okay, Jerry puts cash in a box. Um, Kramer just wraps the bench as it is. But does takes the effort of putting a whole bunch of wrapping paper around the bench to give her the pleasure of, of unwrapping it. So... Well, no matter what you do, if you've bought your box of your box from some internet place, internet store, and had it shipped to you, take the time to wrap it. It's interesting to me right now. It is hard. There are many places that will no longer over the internet that no longer wrap presents for you. Put put them in wrapping paper. Do it yourself. Okay. Um. So maybe that's and, and as so maybe that's a, one last lesson to have. At the end of the show today, if you're still following along on Twitter at pound KBRS, there's an NPR piece that was just put up uh, over the last couple of days about how to wrap your gifts well. We offer it to you here as a public service from the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I'll have a blue blue Christmas. Without you I'll be so blue Blue just thinking Oh, thinking about you Decoration 
At Total Wine and More, save big on what you love this December with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 200 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, sparkling wine, single barrel bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge. And even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long. So visit Total Wine and More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price. Only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Standard Water Control, your local waterproofing company serving customers in Minnesota and western Wisconsin since 1977. They install and service basement waterproofing, provide foundation repair and stabilization, egress windows, and radon mitigation. Save $200 off waterproofing, foundation repair, and egress windows. $50 off radon mitigation. Standard Water Control installs year-round. Support your local waterproofing company, Standard Water Control. Visit standardwater.com. That's standardwater.com. The Christmas edition on Business fourteen forty. Thank you so much for listening. I was, um, I the reason we did this show today was was basically threefold. There's always every year um, around this time these stories that come out about how economists think of Christmas, and I think they mislead. All right, when that's 
I think they lead you to think that e-commerce are just thoughtless sons of guns that only give away um, cash and aren't terribly grateful for the gifts they receive. That's not true. We understand that gift giving is is part of has been part of society back to primitive times. That while cash is an efficient gift in one respect, gift giving often involves giving away memories or sentiments as much as it does material. Giving experiences is as important as giving away giving away direct value. I don't necessarily need all the ties and socks that my my family gives me, but I can always tell you which ties my wife gave me at Christmas or my birthday or which socks my son bought me, in part because I know that if they're socks or ties, there's a good chance I'm not the one that bought them. And that memory, that connection is part of what matters. So I... You know, I just wanted to get that out. But I was also, I was also provoked because I'd, I'd wanted to do a segment or two on air about this particular piece. I was provoked uh, during my Bible study um, a few weeks ago um, with uh, a reference to the to the Christmas story about the fact that uh, baby Jesus was born in a feeding trough. That is what a manger is, after all. And the suggestion was, the suggestion was at first that that somehow he had ended up in a feeding trough, and 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 the proximate cause of the feeding trough was that that was the only place offered to Mary and Joseph by the innkeeper. Now, for those of you that are familiar familiar with the Gospels you probably will go immediately to the fact that the, 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 the phrase from the, from the Christmas carol, there was no room in the inn. So he was born in a stable. He was born in a manger, right? And for those of you that speak French, if you spell out that word and, and, and look at it through your French dictionary, manger, it's the verb to eat in French. Verifying the fact that where Jesus was born was indeed a feeding trough. My pastor, who was the one who made the comment, was right. But the, the implication was that, that the innkeeper had sent him there. And so I started to 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 raise an objection, which... Which is which? You know, I'm 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 blessed by the church that I get to uh, that I attend and and the Bible study which this pastor helps to lead. I'm 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 blessed in the fact that we have these rather significant discussions. And so I said the inn was full, and and um, and he and he said yes, that's right, the inn was full. And I said there were no inns available at all, right? I said yeah, that's right. Why were there no inns available? Why was there no place for why was there no place for him to stay? For Mary and Joseph to stay? And what was Joseph doing in Bethlehem anyway? And he said, Well, of course he was there. He was there, of course, for for the census that the Romans had had commanded. 
And I said, ah, yes, that's right, that is. So the town was crowded. And the town was crowded because the, the occupants of, of Israel at the time, the Romans, had decided to have a census. Now, why did they decide to have a census? And what was the purpose of the census? Do we, you know, because when, when most people hear the word census, what they think to is, is, that, is that the Romans wanted to count up bodies. That, in fact, isn't the purpose of a Roman census. The Roman census is for the purpose of trying to figure out who, who has money to pay taxes. So what you have to remember, so what I thought I'd talk about for a few minutes that you might want to share around a Christmas table or it, so, that, so that if you have to have someone bring up the Christmas story and accuse the innkeeper of being greedy or uncaring, I would argue the innkeeper is in fact not at all uncaring. He offered the family a place to stay there's no indication of whether, of whether Joseph was asked to pay, to pay a you know pay a room charge, for the use of the stable and, and and use of the feeding trough. I'll use it as that. On that part, on that part, the pastor is absolutely right. But it's worth thinking about what was happening at that time. And and to do that, you have to actually know a little bit about the public financing of the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire gets money in two ways. It gets money through it gets money through indirect in, in indirect taxation. So if you traveled over a bridge, a toll would be charged. If you shipped goods from one place to another, there would be a tariff charged. And those taxes those taxes went to the treasury. But the main way in which, in which the Romans, in many societies of that period, collected money was through taxation of land. Right? You didn't tax labor at the time. Not directly. You indirectly taxed labor by, by charging them to use bridges and to ship goods. But most people paid tax... By most people paid a tax by um, for the ownership of land, and so there had to be measurement of land. And, and the Bible, the Bible contains, you know, in many places, particularly in the Old Testament, detailed measurements from the size of Noah's Ark to to the measurements of the temple. Right, Romans developed. Romans and, and, and Egyptians developed ways to measure how many, how many acres of land somebody had. They didn't use the word acres, right? They didn't use feet. They didn't have the metric system. All right? You measured the size of the ark in cubits. Okay. But there were measurements. And these measurements had to be done by somebody. 
Now, now to, to understand the rest of the story, you actually have to understand that, in fact, the Romans were not going to send their precious soldiers out to assess assess what was happening. So when when in, Ma- in in the Gospel of Matthew, Quirinius is said to have commanded a census, and this is a de- this is a debate. There are people who want to deny uh, deny the, the the veracity of the Bible, and they will say there wasn't a census. Quirinius wasn't there, and so on. I'm not I, I'm not interested in debating the accuracy of every verse of the Bible. It is, it, I, I'm an economist, I'm not, I'm not a biblical scholar. But I'm an economist that teaches comparative systems, and one of the systems that we do in comparison is we discuss the economy of the, Rome, of the Roman Empire. And one of the ways in which the Roman Empire got money was through, was through taxing land, but they didn't have an, an, they didn't have an administration whereby there would be a county recorder that would measure the land, a surveyor that would, would, would actually say who has what. What they would have is someone that would come in and talk to each person and decide how much land you had, what was its value, and therefore, what was its tax. The census of the of the of the Christmas story is for the purpose of taxing landowners, of which Joseph was one. So Joseph wasn't this this Joseph wasn't this very impoverished person. He was able to afford to afford a room at the inn. But there was no room at the inn because the Romans had commanded all of the all of the landowners into their hometowns for the purpose of figuring out how much to tax them. The innkeeper, faced with this enormous demand for rooms because of the census taking, has to find some way to house all of them. So the innkeeper is not some greedy son of a gun. The innkeeper is trying to figure out a way to keep demand. I'll tell you a little bit more about the Roman story and the fact that one of the the authors of one of the Bible, one of one of the Gospels, is in fact someone who plays a key role in that tax system. Back after this, you're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Pro-life across America, the billboard people. 
We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two in life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Brighten someone's day with the free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Uh, segment of the Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Thank you for being with us today. Let me remind you to go over to Spotify at spotify.com and in the search box type Spotify colon user colon KYCR underscore studio. Okay, Spotify colon user colon KYCR underscore studio. We'll post uh, shortly, shortly after this at Twitter at pound KBRS the Christmas show playlist that I think will actually take you well through the Christmas holiday. It's a little rocky, and it's very Christmassy. You'll love it. So we've been talking about the Roman census that to which uh, Joseph and Mary rode to Bethlehem for. 
And it was it so it, it, so he they had to go. He went to register and register that he was to be married to Mary because that's part of what they were measuring. But for the there was you know there was really no way around it. It wasn't like he had a choice. Nobody had a choice. When the when the Romans told you to go to a census, you had to go, and you had to pay taxes. But there's another part to the story, it's no, or what's likely part of the story, based on contemporaneous histories, that I think is true, and but not necessarily. So this is this is not a biblical, a biblically inspired observation. So let me be careful about that. When he went to register for the census, who did Joseph speak to? Would it have been? Would it have been a member of the Roman government? Chances are not. For about the hundred, for about a hundred years before the birth of Christ, it was popular for the Romans who had expanded their empire dramatically, without actually building up the bureaucracy that would come with it later on in the first and second centuries after Christ's death. It was popular for them to actually engage in something called tax farming or revenue farming, which basically was the the case where a group of people who were known as publicans or telonis in Greek, um, publicans would would in fact bid on pieces of the conquered empire and say, I promise that I will, I will give you this much money if you give me the right to go collect the taxes in this area. Now, publicans weren't just tax collectors, although as things moved along, they eventually were. These publicans would often be, be allowed or, or would be charged with also providing some services in the area in which they were collecting taxes. So they would be told... You have the power to take some of that tax revenue and use it to uh, build a road or, or build, a, build a wall in this place. The money that the tax collector, the, the publican would receive, so what would happen is the, the, the publican would give the Roman emperor an amount of money. This is what they've bid on. And then the publican takes the risk that they may not be able to collect taxes enough to cover what they gave in the loan to the to the Romans. They would go back and they would get interest on the loan, and if they collected more in taxes than what they had bid and paid to Rome, all that extra money went in the pocket. You can see why publicans or tax collectors throughout the Gospels end up being quite uh, vilified. By many of many of the writers, save for one, Matthew doesn't really vilify them. There's a good reason for that. Before becoming a disciple, Matthew was a publican. Right? He, in fact, was one of those folks who would have been waiting at the census. Not he's. There's no evidence that he's the one waiting. He, he probably he doesn't seem like he could have been the one that was there who received Joseph and Mary. To register them, right? He would have been too. He would have been too young at the time. He'd been a boy. Been a boy by my understanding of of the history. But someone like that was collecting 
the money on their behalf because the Romans had not yet built out an administration so that they could have had a tax collection office in Bethlehem. So chances are there was a tax collector, a publican who had bid for the right and then had everybody come in and do it. By the way, they also didn't do all the censuses in the same places at the same time. They would come later. So the Roman census was a tax collection device. Joseph and Mary were in, were in Bethlehem to pay their taxes. Share that around the Christmas table. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. John, Merry Christmas, and thank you for helping us out here today. Merry Christmas, King. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. And, and may God bless each and every one of you on your Christmas holiday. Here, we've been the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. Santa, Santa, something terrible is happening. Ho, 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 Rudolph, calm down. Tell me what's going on. I just overheard Mrs. Claus talking. Yes? She said that she's getting a new Santa. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Rudolph, I know all about it. Mrs. Claus is getting a new Santa Fe from Invergrove Hyundai. What's a Santa Fe? A Santa Fe is Hyundai's most advanced SUV. Jam-packed with safety and technology features. And its spacious five-passenger interior is like the Claus family room on wheels. Does this mean we won't have to take her in the sleigh to Pilates class every Tuesday? That's right. Ho, ho, ho. Every new Hyundai like like the Santa Fe comes with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. You deserve a great car buying experience, and that's what you'll get at Invergrove Hyundai. Online at InvergroveHyundai.com. InvergroveHyundai.com. And they're reindeer recommended. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Kirk here. There's a war for our country's soul that is waging right now. And we here at TPUSA Faith are ready to equip and encourage Christians around this nation to stand for biblical truth, and to turn the tide of our nation. As we approach the end of 2022, I wanted to let you know about an opportunity. A generous friend has stepped up to offer $75,000 match. That means your year-end gift to TPUSA Faith will be doubled dollar for dollar 
Meeting this match in full will enable TPUSA Faith to finish this year on strong financial footing, ready to advance the biblical values of faith and freedom in 2023. Would you help defend faith and freedom now with a tax-deductible donation to TPUSA Faith? When you do, your gift will help generations of Americans to defend their freedoms and shine the light of Christ into our increasingly dark nation. Thank you, friends, for your partnership and standing firm for the soul of our great breaking. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.